Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Broken to Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Fontressa, and it is October. And October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And although I have never been um, a victim or directly involved, I felt like it was very important to give a voice to that this year and for this month. And so I know someone that um, is a wonderful survivor and was a great advocate and that I know could speak to this. So right now, I'm, before I introduce her, I want to give you all a trigger warning. If you feel like you may be triggered by anything that is said, um, then I want to give you this opportunity now. I would love for you to listen to it it may bring some clarity. It may bring some guidance. It may bring healing and deliverance. That is exactly what we pray that it would do. But just so you know, this particular episode is going to be about domestic violence and the awareness that comes around it. So I have with me Miss Kathy Hiller. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I am so happy to have you here with me. So I'm going to give Miss Kathy an opportunity to share a little bit about herself. Um, and then we'll go into how I know her and we're going to get into the podcast. Hi, thank you, Montressa. Thank you for the invitation mm -hmm. um, to be able to be here. Hi, everyone. My name is Kathy Hiller. Um, I am um, a mother. And I'm a sister, I'm a friend, um, I'm a grandmother of three, yes. Um, I'm a mother of seven, we're a combined family. Um, I've been married to my husband, Keith, for 19 years and counting. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, we have seven beautiful children, ranges from 30 to 22. Okay. Um, we have three grandchildren, Jordan, um, Jemaya, and we also have baby Ash. Baby Ash. Baby Ash. <laughs> Yes, um, I am um, a survivor of um, domestic violence. I'm an advocate for it. Um, I, I talk about it wherever I go at, um, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to share with you all on this month for this uh, much-needed conversation. Amen. Yeah, I think that it is something that um, should be talked about from a place of of healing yes. and, and, and transforming from it. So there may be um, people that don't necessarily know. So I had to get educated on domestic violence. Um, so the definition of domestic violence is a pattern of one person trying to dominate or control another person. One of the stigmas behind um, domestic violence is that it can only happen to females. And that is not true. There are males that also have been affected by domestic violence. Domestic violence is not just physical, which is another stereotype. It is also sexual, it is emotional, and it can also be financial and economic as well. So Miss Kathy, can you share whatever you're comfortable with sharing about your story? Okay, um, with come with myself coming from domestic violence, um, I do believe that it was something that um, I inherit mm. from um, what I have seen growing up in my household. 
Um, prior to my experience, my mom was experiencing domestic violence. And what I always saw when I seen her or when she experienced, I would say, well, why was she just always there? Why don't she just leave? And here my mom has six children, mm -hmm. um, very little education. So right here is now it's a financial um, um, abuse that mm -hmm. she's an experience because mm -hmm. of the fact that she couldn't go out and take care of us all by herself. Mm -hmm. So she had no choice but to stay there. And with me being so judgmental as a child, not knowing that I was judgmental, I was just saying, well, why don't we just go? Why don't we just leave? I'll never do that. I'll never stay there. And here at the age of 17 years old, here I find myself in a uh, abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. 17. What am I doing at 17? You know, in a relationship. And it didn't just start off um, domestic with physical and that I'm so glad that you mentioned that part about all of the other abuse that is attached to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I experienced more mental abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, I never experienced sexually, but just the emotion that came in a relationship that I feel like I wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. So I had to accept all the abuse that was attached to what I figured love was mm -hmm. at 16 and 17 years old. And being that we was not educated by um, what abuse was, my mom couldn't tell me not to do this or mm -hmm. when to leave because mm -hmm. here she was still in the same relationship. So I didn't have no one to really go to to say, hey, what a healthy relationship looked like. Yeah. What do a relationship supposed to look like? So here I am at 16 and 17 years old. Here I am now pregnant. Mm -hmm. And here I, I now don't know you know what what i'm supposed to do mm -hmm. I, I need him now mm -hmm. that i have this child yeah in this in this relationship it was just just so much to where um the abuse came mentally mm -hmm. saying where i cannot wear what i could not wear what i where i couldn't go mm -hmm. you know things that i couldn't do and i just accepted it because of the fact that i i have this child now i need you to be here with me to help take care of so mm -hmm. with me dropping out of high school, all that came with, you know, being in a relationship, unhealthy relationship. I'm dropping out of high school now mm -hmm. and I have to stay home with the baby. Even when I tried to work, he said that I shouldn't work at, I don't care if it was McDonald's. Mm -hmm. He didn't want me to work at McDonald's because of the fact there was other young other boys men. there. Mm -hmm. Other young men was there. Here again, 17 years old experiencing this. And I, I my mom seen it, you know, but she was not able to say, well, that's not a healthy relationship. You need to go ahead and leave or financially i will be there to help take care of so i had no choice but to stay there so even in this relationship he he after the emotion and the mental then he knew that i had a little fear because mm -hmm. of the things that he said will make me a little tremble a little mm -hmm. bit you know the things that he threatened that he would do so if, if he put the fear into me so now that he sees that i'm fearful now i have full control of her mm -hmm. you know so when it was a no or, or I was timid or I was hesitant of doing anything that he asked me to do, then that's when the physical abuse came. You know, I mean, I, I remember working at the hospital and I did confide in some of the ladies of the relationship that I was in. And literally, I can, they would have to warn me because he would sit in the back of the hospital while I was working in the cafeteria watching me to make sure. So whenever any party would come up, whether I'm in customer service, they come up to the to the register, I had to shun them away like you, you can't we can't conversate too long. I don't care if it was about the how blue the sky was. Mm. You know, I had to shun them away because I didn't want any conversation to come on because he was nearby. 
Right. He was out there lurking and looking. <laughs> I can you remember at a family event, um, coming from a family event, and my kids was in the house sleeping. Um, I didn't even know that he was in the neighborhood. I literally just do jump through the window, bust the window, and jump out the window. Jump through the window. Oh, I immediately ran out the house, and literally he's running me around the building. And all I can do was fold up and just go ahead and let him hit me and get it on over with. Oh my god! You know, but all in all, I didn't know that drugs was, you know, the the forerunner of reason why he was acting the way he was acting. I was couldn't figure out why I was trying to be this super super girlfriend. I tried mm -hmm. to do stay. I walked on eggshells to make sure that everything that he asked of me, make sure everything was perfect. But it seemed like nothing that I did pleased him. Mm -hmm. You know, I always tried to say yes, whether I wanted to give in to having sex, whether it, it was giving money, whether it was all the money I had to give after my paycheck, even though I had kids to take care of, just making sure that I didn't keep kept him happy and he wasn't angry, mm -hmm. you know, um, whether it's something that take place out the door, whether it's something that happened at his job, or whether someone else made him mad, it always came back home to where he put all of that on me. And I always feel that like, well, he can't, his mom will say, well, he can't, he can't help it. You know, that's just how he is. And I told her, I said, he could because he don't go off on the people on his job. He don't go off on the police officer that may have stopped him for, um, for citation or anything. Yeah. So you can pick and choose where you want to release your anger. And his anger was always released on me. I remember my son was four. He still could remember the time that when he jumped through the window. You know, and he'll, he used to say, Ma, you remember you ran out the door? You remember he ran through, he jumped through the window like Superman and things like that. So it was just that the effect not only with me, but also with my children. Mm -hmm. You know, they saw this and I knew that I couldn't stay in a relationship like this. Mm -hmm. I could not stay in because of the fact that I knew that he loved me, mm -hmm. but I knew that he loved me enough to kill me. I just knew that he would have killed me because he didn't know how to love me and he was afraid of losing me. And I believe that he would have killed me if I had made any attempt. He can leave for months and months. And if he knocked on the door and he's coming in, whether I invite him or not, he will come in and, and it better not be nobody there. Not even a sister. It just better be me and the kids in the house. Wow. I, I thought about something when you talked about how he he expressed his anger mm -hmm. to you, um, but he didn't do it to anyone else. And it was because of that control. Yeah. He had the control mm -hmm. over you that he didn't have over anybody else. Exactly. And so that's that's the determining factor. And that kind of feeds that mm -hmm. behavior, yes. that control and knowing that I can't do anything about this citation. Mm -hmm. I can't do much about the fact that somebody made me mad at my job or with my family. But with you, mm -hmm. I have control yeah. over you. And so that's one of the things that um, you definitely should be looking out for. Um, that's manipulation. Yes. And that's where it kind of starts, mm -hmm. um, I would think, from it is 
manipulation, little small things that, you know, can kind of be manipulative. And you kind of got to watch out for that because there are thin lines between, you know, just being persuasive Mm -hmm. and manipulative. So what are some signs that one should look out for in situations considering that they're not just physical? And you even said that yours started off a different way. Um, some of the signs, even now, I with me having um grown adults and they mm-hmm. teenagers, what I would tell them, um, the control that you control mm-hmm. and going through your cell phone, you know, going through the cell phone, trying to see who you texting and who you're calling, screening your texts and things like that, mm-hmm. starting to tell you where you can and cannot go, um, just saying the name calling. And they may start off like as, as being, um, oh, you, but you look good yourself, or, mm-hmm. um, oh, dark, or you're black, or mm-hmm. things like that, or you're fat, you know, mm-hmm. but you're saying it in a laughing way, but it's starting to be continuously. Mm-hmm. So now they're trying to belittle you, you know. So these are the signs, some of the signs that you need to look for, or you're saying, like, well, you don't need to buy that. Or um, if it's a financial gain, okay, how much it is, I'll give it to you. Or mm-hmm. you, you don't need to work right there. Or no, no, try this job right here. It's all boils down to control. Mm-hmm. And when they feel like when these little signs are showing, then you need to not just whip it off mm-hmm. or whatever. I, 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 when talking to many young people, many young people say, well, we use the um, scenario that they are happy. Oh, well, he, 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 he jealous, but that's that's because that's the way he is mm-hmm. and they are proud of that yeah. but they don't understand but that is just control that they are trying to mm-hmm. have upon you trying to tell you who who you can hang with the friends that you can mm-hmm. i don't want you going to your cousin's house i don't want you going to your sister's house but it's all to keep you secluded to keep you right at arm's length to be where you need to be where they can keep an eye on you mm-hmm. and of course so that you would not be able to for one probably see what they're doing out there mm-hmm. or somebody else to get in your ear to be able yeah, to give you, you know, hey, you need to watch out for those red flags. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That that is a lot. Um I just think about how there is a difference between um some people typically say that it's good to have like a healthy jealousy, but is mm-hmm. there a healthy jealousy now i can see that there you know if you're in a relationship with someone and that person is maybe territorial as far as you know no i don't want another person Mm -hmm. you know approaching my person it's okay you look Mm -hmm. at them if you want but but just don't don't come trying to you know talk to them and it's not being jealous in that way but this is totally different yeah um that part is kind of healthy mm-hmm. because you you don't want anyone to encroach on what you built mm-hmm. in that relationship. Right. But when you get to a place where you feel like you have to look at their mm-hmm. phone or check their text messages. And one thing I always tell people about these iPhones, these iPhones are way too smart and they are snitches. Oh, Oh (laughs) when you can tell when someone has opened up their text or when someone has their notifications Mm. and stuff on that, that makes it easy for that type of stuff to take place. And people may think that that's cute, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times, it's it's really the beginning of something 
that could be bad. Exactly. But at, at, and at the same time, like when you're talking about the healthy jealousy, mm-hmm. um, with the healthy jealousy, even if there's an approach, you would take it out on the female. Mm-hmm. But majority of the time, if you feel like territory, if you feel like someone has disrespect you mm-hmm. um, as approaching your old lady or whatever the case, mm-hmm. you most likely would, you know, will put him into your place. Right. Like, hey, yo, this is my girl yeah. or whatever the case may be and stuff. If you feel like um, they are being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. But when it comes back to when you get to the house where you had on it, if you should yeah. have never worn that and you did this, that what caused it. That's when you have to say, okay, yeah, this is not how it's supposed to work. This is not a relationship that I, you know, I need to be looking more into mm-hmm. because now you're, you're, now you're causing saying that I'm the problem of yeah. why this, this person is um, approaching me or looking at me as some, some sort. I have a, um, a friend girl that actually um, her boyfriend used to tell her she'll come talk to me and she'll say um, I can't wear these shoes or he said because I got my toes done that's attracting wow yeah. so I was like how is that because you were doing self care for yourself yeah. now you feel like because that's what you like other men's like so that's going to attract no that is because you have low self esteem mm. about yourself or you're not confident in yourself in your relationship. Now you are making sure that, you know, now I got to wear covered shoes because that's attractive to men. Wow. And every we've talked about this so many times on this podcast that every fruit has a root. Yeah. And so there's reasons why people feel like they have to use those control tactics. And like you said, it can be low Mm self-esteem. It could be rejection. It can be abandonment. Those things can, can manifest in different ways Mm -hmm. in different people. And so that, that is a whole thing that we have to look out for. And I mean, maybe it's just me. I I do analyze things and sometimes that could be a good thing. And sometimes it can be like, girl, you ain't nobody counselor. Um, Sit down somewhere. So, but, but it is something to it to be vigilant. It's, it's something to it. If something doesn't quite set right, right, you should be vigilant about that thing. So that, that is good. So what was your journey to healing like? Do you have any tips or advice about the healing journey that worked for you? Okay, what worked for me um, is talking about it. Hmm. Talking about it. Um, and you have to get, I had to get past the embarrassment part. Oh, yeah. And the shame part. Um, and even um, the part of... Um, thinking that it was my fault. And the only way that I was able to do that is by talking. Not everybody is, you can't talk to everybody. No. You can't talk to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But you need to talk to someone who understands. And even now I tell people, I had a walk that I did, my first walk that I you know, host last mm-hmm. year, and I and God gave it to me as the walk. Mm-hmm. And as the walk is, you you as you walk in, you're taking steps. Yeah. 
And then um, I encourage your ladies to use the opportunity to have a friend who you may think that may be in domestic violence or just need an ear. Mm -hmm. That way you'll be able to just let her vent, just let her talk because that's a step away mm -hmm. out of the relationship. It may not happen all at one time. Right. It may take months, it may take years, mm -hmm. you know, but if they have someone to actually listen to them, and be able to not judge them because that's one thing. Well, you should you if it was no, it's not you. Mm -hmm. It's not you in this in this predicament. Mm -hmm. So now on thing, if that person has an opportunity just to be able to share, mm -hmm. and we call it then, you know, or whatever mm -hmm. the case, um, just give them that space and opportunity because that is healing. They yeah. come to realization, like, okay, yeah, maybe I do know that don't seem right mm -hmm. you know but that would give them the opportunity to be able to release it didn't take me it took me after getting married i would say maybe five six years ago actually becoming free wow i mean because even though i was out of this relationship and it has been three years out of that relationship before i got married I still had some residue, residue that was still on me to where it if my if I felt like my husband was trying to control me in shape form, I lashed out because here now I'm saying this is I'm not going to be that quiet person anymore. I'm going to say exactly what's on my mind, mm -hmm. and that all stemmed from what I had going on in the past. They are not the same men. They wasn't the same person. Mm -hmm. They didn't have no characters, but because I was still you know, in that mindset of I'm never going back into a relationship like that. My husband took a lot, a lot of, mm -hmm. you know, heat from my, wasn't me not being healed, mm -hmm. you know? So I definitely would say definitely don't move into nothing else until you are fully healed. And how do you know when you heal? Because now when I look at that person now, I don't have no ill feelings towards you. Mm -hmm. If anything, I pray for you and I, I, I my heart grieves for you mm -hmm. because there's something going on with you that mm -hmm. you need to be healed from. Yeah. In order because you 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 put that on me because of some things that you've been dealing with or things that you're you're fighting, the demons that you're fighting that you haven't come to realization yet. Mm -hmm. So when I'm able to look him in the face and I can pray for him when I see him, then I know that all is well now. Yeah, and that takes work. Woo, it does. <laughs> it takes it work. takes work, and there's nothing wrong going to see somebody. That's right. You need to go see somebody. That's right. Oh, sometimes I see these things. Um, I saw this one thing about um, <laughs> um, all advice is not good advice. Right. Um, and it was saying. I shouldn't have to teach a grown man how to love me or, you know, vice versa. But any type of relationship that you're in, you do have to teach them how to love you. And even if it's a friendship, you have yeah. to teach people how mm -hmm. you receive it. Because if I've always received it and it's always been a contaminated type, right. mm -hmm. it's going to be hard to receive it when it comes pure. Yes. Yeah. And you're going to push it away. Mm -hmm. So we should right. always be letting people know this is the proper way right. to love me. Exactly. Because just because it worked for Keisha, mm -hmm. that don't mean it's, it's going to work yeah, for exactly. me. Exactly. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. Just because it worked for Tyrone, that mm -hmm. don't mean that it's going to work for you. And so we should 
be in a position where we should teach people how to properly love us. And along with that, it comes with the healing that we have to do because if we don't know how, we got to take time to love ourselves first. And if we don't know how to do it, then it's going to be real hard for us to teach someone else how to do it or guide someone else if you don't want to say teach, if you have too much pride to say teach. But you, if you don't know how to do it, then it's going to be very hard to show someone else how to do that. And if they just give you what they already got, Mm -hmm. it may not be good enough. Exactly. And so you may have to be like, well, this doesn't really serve me. But if you just going to take whatever it is. So it's very important that you take the time to adequately heal. Because like you said, you know, your husband took a lot of heat. You don't want to bleed on another person. And then you're going to make it hard if the relationship doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Everyone doesn't have the success story of the relationship working Mm -hmm. and you've been married for 19 years. What if your relationship doesn't work and you've been bleeding on another person? Now you're going to make it harder for the person that comes after you. So work on it. It's not just like, I think a lot of times in relationships, we just, um, we only think about ourselves. But we, we also have to think about the fact that you know, there might be somebody after me. Mm-hmm. So let's try, let's try not to make it so hard for them, for them as well. <laughs> let's try not to make it so hard. <laughs> so what advice do you have to someone that may be experience, experiencing domestic violence and may be afraid or ashamed or embarrassed? My advice for you is to make sure that once you come aware of it, um, that you're in that in that type of relationship. Take your time. Take your time. Seek out resources. Make sure that you are educated on a way out. Many times people say, no, just leave. You can Mm -hmm. just go ahead and leave. Where where are they going? (laughs) Where are they going? Where are they going at? I had a, a young lady that called me and she said, Kathy, I, I tried to leave. I had my kids in the car. I was on my way. And then I called my mom and she, she wasn't home. My brother, he said that he was doing a card game. I had nowhere else to go. So I had to turn back around and go back to the house with my kids. So as we as we are out here, we're, we're ashamed to tell people about it. But just know that you're not by yourself. Yeah. There's people out here who have experienced it before. Some people who are going through, but you have to open your mouth. You have to tell somebody. You cannot hold it in. As much as embarrassing as it is, you know, you have to share with somebody else because that is the only way that you're going to get the help. I don't care what he tells you, that nobody loves you, that nobody cares. That is a lie from Satan. Or she tells yeah, you. Or she. Or <laughs> she. And, and and the thing is about my, my abuser, going back when you talking about the, the male as well, he was abuser, his mom was abuser, and his sister was an abuser. So again, when we talk about abuse, it's not just for just for women. We mm-hmm. have women that abuse men just as That's well. Right. But men just don't talk up as much as women because mm-hmm. to them, Oh man, you just been a punk. Yeah. Or you let that girl they they that's another shame yeah. that they experience. Well, if you call the police, even though sometimes the police look at you like, really? 
I know. You know, and stuff like that. So abuse is abuse. Mm -hmm. You know, we have more women than men, and that's because men are not talking as they like they should. Right. It's not documented. Exactly. I definitely exactly. believe that. Exactly. But it's embarrassing all all the way around. Mm -hmm. It's embarrassing all the way around. But we have to just talk about it. You know, thank God for organizations. Sister Care have been around for years, mm -hmm. but we never. I never heard of them growing up. And I don't know whether it was people not in the streets as they are now. You know, they're bringing awareness as they are now um, in these past couple of years. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Or is it just me, you know, being more observant or seeking out sources? Mm -hmm. But there are organizations where you can just pick up a hotline mm -hmm. and call and just share. And someone is on the other end of that line, you know, wanting to hear what you have to say and also able to redirect you, you know, um, give you resources as well. That is good. And I do have the number, actually, the domestic violence hotline number. It is 1-800-799-7233. That number is 1-800-799-7233. You can also take advantage. Most companies, if you talk to someone in your human resources office, they can direct you to the employee assistance hotline. That way you can utilize at least most companies do between three and five where you can do free sessions. Um, if you have anything going on and you need to talk to someone, you can at least start off with those free sessions. I am in human resources and I always tell people just make sure that they take your insurance because you could have to go longer. That way you won't be in a financial bind and you'll find yourself stopping in the middle of your process, your progress. And so that is definitely something that you should consider in the process of, you know, getting to your place of healing. So, Miss Kathy, do you have any other resources that you know of that people can use if they're, you know, trying to transition, like the story that you just told, if they need to set some things in motion as to how they need to plan their exit? Um, do you have any resources that you can share? Um, so, of course, we, we talked about Sister Care, who provides um, emergency housing as well, and not just for you, for families all together. So, if you have children um, or if you're single, they provide those sources for you as well. Mm -hmm. um, with that number, um, if you're even going to the emergency room, and if you're having any, if you mention to the doctor that it's a domestic violence, they're going to call someone from Sister Care, and someone will actually come there and meet you at the hospital. Wow. Um, and they can take you from there to a safe house. Mm -hmm. um, also, Hush No More is an organization that also provides resources as well. They, they provide counseling. They also provide housing. Um, mm -hmm. So that is a very good organization as well um, that um, provides um, resources. Um, the City of Columbia also, um, this month, will be having a, 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 a domestic violence walk. Mm -hmm. um, they have not disclosed the location just yet. But if you're on Facebook, just look up for City of Columbia, um, and then they will have the location. Even the City of Columbia encourage you, even if you're not going to be part of the big walk, you can also just put one, um, have a walk amongst your friends mm -hmm. in your neighborhood um, with your family members. Um, you're able to do a walk, and they'll provide you all the um, gear and everything that you need um, to, you know, promote 
domestic violence. We're, we're really trying to get the word out because we want to save a life. So mm -hmm. there are resources out here. Um, they're coming from north, south, east, and west. They're sharing all this information because we want to save a life, whether mm -hmm. it's a male or a female in the community. So just look out on Facebook. Like I said, the City of Columbia, Sister Care, and Hush No More are, are the ones that I know um, are very prominent now. And they would, you know, like I said, transition you if you're and let me tell you this, it's very important to make sure that you're getting the know-how when you're getting ready to actually lead this relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to provide the, 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 the resources on how to transition. If you're, I even talked to a lady who was coming from New York. They paid for a plane for her and her child to come there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and now she's an advocate, mm -hmm. you know, for sister care because it does work. The, the, they're out there. They are providing free counseling. They are providing, even when the time can go to the courthouse, they are there for you at the same time. They're providing, you can come with nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, they got clothes, they got the, the underwears, they have something for you and your child. So I don't want you to worry about what where I'm going to sleep. You know, what What about the clothes? What, what I'm going to have? You know, they're going to provide this for you because they know that sometimes it is a, a rush job. I'm mm -hmm. trying to get in and get out. And they're going to help you walk through that. So you're going to need someone to walk through with you while you're in your transition of leaving and trying to find safety at the same time. Right, right. Those are very good um, resources. So can you tell the people how they can reach out to you. Miss Kathy also has a boutique that she um, that she has, and I ha actually have a piece from there myself. So can you tell them how they can reach out to you, your social media handles, whether it's for the boutique or just for yourself? Sure. You can reach out to me on Facebook with Kathy Prophet Hiller. Feel free to reach out to me from on Facebook. And also with my boutique, it's called That's You Boutique. Um, this boutique stemmed from me actually gaining self-esteem. Um, I have not always felt pretty. Um, and it stemmed also from this relationship, not mm -hmm. feeling worthy of the people that you love, the relationship that you love, and you wondering why they 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 walk away or they mistreated you. Mm -hmm. it, it lowers your self-esteem. And truth be told, it did it did that to me. It did that to me. And even when, like in my relationship, I would ask my husband, you know, I can get my hair done and put a nice outfit on and look really nice. And when he didn't um, say you look pretty or when he didn't, you know, acknowledge um, the, the change, it did something to me. It broke my heart. You know, mm -hmm. it made me feel like, you know, I, I wasn't pretty enough. Mm -hmm. And now now when I put on pieces or when I put on clothes, it's for myself now. Yeah. You know, it, it helps build my my, my self-esteem. So when I look in the mirror, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you look good. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not for everybody else. It's for myself. So when God gave me that boutique, that means me saying when I look in the mirror that I look good. I, I, I look good from the head to toe now. That's so, so it's not about whether somebody <laughs> else is going to um, um, compliment me. It's how I feel when I get dressed or how I look, you know, what I think of myself. Mm -hmm. So when you when you're purchasing like boot that's your boutique, that's how I want you to feel. When you're putting on any of the garments, you're looking at it and it's for you. What do you see? How do you feel before you walk away from that mirror? Yeah. So when I'm walking out there, it doesn't matter if nobody else compliments me. I know that I look good. I can mm -hmm. say, Yeah, that is you. That's mm -hmm. you right there, girl. 
So mm -hmm. that's what that's you boutique is about. So um, if you come shop me, that's what I want you to feel when you're when you're purchasing from me. It's for you. It's mm -hmm. what you feel, what you look good when you're putting on these clothes. So that's you boutique. You can reach out that way. Um, that's you boutique on Facebook as well. Um, it's another way that you can reach out. All right. Well, I thank you so thank you. much for joining me today on the podcast. And I pray that this has been a blessing to everyone that has listened, not only um, people who have been a victim of domestic violence, but all of us who are navigating relationships and friendships of things that we can be vigilant about as we go forth to, to ensure that we won't be a victim. Um, I just pray that this is something that that you've received healing and that from her story and from her victory and her triumph over it, that you would be able to do the same thing, um, that it will give you the courage to follow the path or to create your own path, partner with God for how you need to create your path of healing. Even if it's something that's happened years ago, sometimes we can be in a situation and we can, you know, find out things later on and be like, well, that that came from residue of something that happened yeah. years ago. Or I treat this person this way because I have a guard up or because I'm using this as a defense mechanism. And so it alters how how our lives are shaped and the things that we deal with, the traumas that we have experienced, they are heavily influenced um, by our relation our relationships yeah. and the things that have happened to us in the past. They they have a bearing on how we treat other people. They have a bearing on how we conduct ourselves in relationships. So if nothing else, I hope it brought about a self awareness yeah. of. Um, of some of the things that we do and how we can sometimes cause people to pay for things that we didn't address in our lives, whether it results in domestic violence or not. Um, sometimes we have to face the fact that we hurt someone, that we, we had a hand in causing someone to have some type of residue in their next friendship or their next relationship or some type of hesitancy as it pertains to how they do life at the, from that point. From the time that they encountered us, they have some type of, of hesitancy of how they do life from that point forward. So if nothing else, I pray that you gain some self-awareness. You guys have an amazing month. If you have an opportunity to support someone that has been a victim of domestic violence, please do so. If you know about any of the walks, if you want to participate, that would be a, a great opportunity to be able to support those that have experienced it or that are in the process of experiencing it now and just don't have the tenacity to come forth and say something. So if there's an opportunity for you to support Please go out and do so. Be safe and have an amazing month. Bye.